630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Thank you for the introduction, mysterious voice man. We have the Jets leading the Canadians 2-1, about three minutes left in the second period. Paul Stastny, the most recent goal, his 20th of the season. That is the only game in the National Hockey League tonight. The Blue Jays lead the Yankees 2-0. That's in the top of the fifth. Manoa on the hill for the Jays, having a pretty good outing through four. He's allowed just one hit. He has walked four, but he struck out five and obviously has not given up a run. Blue Jays starting the season two and one, that three-game set against Texas. As I mentioned, no Yessi Pugliarvi on the ice today for the Oilers at practice. Bit of a stomach issue, so we'll see if he's able to play tomorrow. And uh, Drew Doughty is out for the Los Angeles Kings, out for the rest of the season, will not return, even if they uh, go into the playoffs. Right now, Pacific Division, Calgary 97 points, Edmonton 90, LA 86 and Vegas 84. Vegas is also out of a playoff spot when it comes to the wild card. They're, they are in better shape than they were a couple of weeks ago because they've had times uh, where Dallas has had four games in hand on them, and they've been tied or it's been a point or two either the way. Well, Dallas has a two-point lead, but they only have one game in hand on Vegas who are uh, fighting here to get in. Like I've been saying, very likely the Oilers are going to get in I mean, almost a slam dunk at this point. It's, they got a path to the basket for the slam dunk. Uh, and very likely they're good. they will finish second. And then who are you going to play, L.A. or Vegas? Pick your poison there. Both are good teams. Oilers have been, uh, well, I guess they went 3-1 and one against L.A., 2-1 and one so far against Vegas with that matinee coming up on Saturday at Rogers Place. Talking about Yessi Pugliarvi, and, you know, I, I want to be clear, I, I don't bring this up to nitpick the player or or – you know, try to create undue scrutiny on him, but he is a player who's talked about a lot because he was a high draft pick and he's had, I mentioned such stuff on such an up and down journey with the Oilers organization. But I, I do think it's relevant given the role that he plays on the team to, to sort of look at his game when he came back from injury and he got back onto, I think at that point he was going on to dry line. And I asked Jay Woodcroft, you've been having success. McLeod had been playing up there. Uh, how come yes he goes right back in and and Jay said he's he is a top six player and we want to use him in the top six. That's the perception of Pugliarvi, that he is a top six player when it comes to talent. I mean he was drafted very high, so as as he should be. And I just think he's an interesting player to talk about because there are, are a lot of. I've noticed that it appears people see him a lot of different ways. It's certainly not as black and white as some of the uh, stuff that got out of control in my mind on social media earlier today. But I do think there are some things, very tangible things that he can work on, very tangible things that can help him and his line mates score more goals and create more chances. And I realize some of the analytics people are saying they create lots of chances with Jesse on the ice. He's fine. Well, I I think that they can still get better. And I, I bring this up in the context of, Again, the Oilers very likely going to the playoffs. And what do we know about the postseason? Goals are really hard to come by. What can we look back on last spring? The Oilers lost a game 4-1 in which they allowed two empty net goals. So it was a one-goal game. And then they lost three three goals, uh, three games in overtime. And for a lot of that time, 
the the two big guys were playing on the same line. Now, the the big three, as we've called them, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, have been split up under Jay Woodcroft. He has stuck to that for the most part. But still, you need other people to hack in goals. And I think for Pugliarvi and for Yamamoto and for, you know, Fogel and, you know, even Hyman and Kane to some extent, chances aren't enough. It's not a try league. It's a do league. And you got to put it in. And you got to have the confidence and the wherewithal to pot those goals and, and take care of the little details in your game to be in the right position to score those goals. And I think it's fair to discuss if Pugliarvi is, I'll put it this way, is, is, is he as mature an offensive player as you need him to be right now? I would say the answer is no. Now, I don't view that as a slam on the guy. I view that as he's improved, he's made progress. What if he can do this? And what if he can start doing it in May? I mean, that would be huge. And same with Yamamoto, quite frankly. And if I were to give a scouting report of Yamamoto, it would it would be quite different than Pugliarvi, I would think, because they're totally different players and different body types and all that type of thing. But those are two guys who are playing in the top six. And if if they don't smack in the odd goal along the way, this this ain't going to be a deep playoff run for the Oilers. Guys like that. It can't all be on the primary scores every time. Now, the Oilers maybe have, they do have more uh I guess Kane and Hyman, they're sort of not the primary, primary guys, but they're pretty consistent in what they do. Well, but the Oilers need more players to do that as well. And given where Drysaddle or given where Pugliarvi and Yamamoto are in the lineup, they're, they're two guys that are going to have to do that. So that's the context I present. The, the Oilers are a good team. As I've been saying for the last two years, they're trying to become a great team. And some of these younger guys blossoming and being sturdier in their offensive roles that's one way that can happen. Kellen, what do you have for me? Heading over to text line with regards to Yessi, simply a little work on positioning and a dab of confidence. Both upgrades, I believe, would create the room and opportunity to generate higher quality chances. That is from Dean, and he wanted higher quality chances to be emphasized because that came in as all caps. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good way to sum it up, Dean. You should host a talk show. There we go. <laughs> uh, you nailed it. The problem with JP is he never takes it to the net. He has the speed and size, just not the confidence. Maybe it will come. That's from Eagles Larry. Yeah, I think it's it, good to hear from you, Eagles Larry. And again, I would, I would just like to see him get the puck down that right wing. And this is easier said than done for me and all of us. I'm sure, though, some of you maybe played hockey at a high level. I did not. And I'm sitting here in my basement. But... To, to score in the NHL, you got to take it to the net. And, you know, Yamamoto is nowhere near the size of, of Pugliarvi, and, and he's pretty good at taking it to the net and trying to get to the net. Now, sometimes physics presents Yamamoto from succeeding because sometimes it's just heavier man against lighter man. And I do think Pugliarvi has gotten to be a better down-low presence, like I mentioned with screening the goaltender and shielding the puck and things like that. But, man, oh, man, what if he... What if he worked into his game some sort of a net drive one-on-one with a player down that wing because I would think if yes he decides to go and is on balance and has the puck under control he's going to be pretty hard to knock off the puck and maybe he's not going to score but there's going to be havoc there's going to be a rebound there's going to be a crash there's going to be opposition who are irritated by it and maybe that you know distracts them a little bit so, absolutely. I, I would love to see him work a really confident, sturdy net drive into his game. 
Next one's from Rob here. Yes, he has to finish your check, especially in the playoffs. That's from Rob. Well, and that's one thing. Again, guys, and you guys know this if you listen. I, you know, when I talk to you, I, I give my own opinion, but I also talk to other people who I think know more of the game than the game about me or have different views. I mean, I, I certainly don't know everything about it. And that's one thing that has come up from several people over the last few weeks when talking about Yessi is that he's he's got to stop doing the sort of the, the reach, the fishing or whatever you call it. Like, because so he's going to after a guy in the corner and, and you see him, you know, reaching with his stick and he does have a good reach. So sometimes he can knock the puck away, but the people I've talked to have said he has, he has got to get in there and he has got to finish because you start reaching like that. You, you get off balance. And then if you do get the puck, then you're not in a good position to make a play with it or one time it or whatever. And even somebody else I talked to said, okay, if he's always reaching like that, why is he not getting there on time? Is he not skating through it or is he poor? And this, this would apply to other players as well, but since we're talking about Yessi, or, or is he somehow getting out of position or not reading the play that he's half a step late and then is sort of fishing for the puck or fishing to make the check? I think he can do it. I'd love to. I'd love to see him do that as well. Now, maybe he. I, I don't think he's the most aggressive personality. I don't know if he wants to go out there and bang guys through the boards. But we're going to have to see players step out of their comfort zones to uh, to uh, to make an impact here in the postseason. Who do we have, Kellen? We've got Brian on hold. Brian has called in on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Reed. Uh, well, the one thing I've noticed, and and you've touched on it, is is with uh, Jesse. Jesse is. Yeah, he's constantly. It, it's like he wants to do that that stick check constantly, but it's not just him. Uh, the whole team seems to rely too much on that stick check, and they've had uh, chances, so many chances of they they could take the body, they could finish the check, take the man out of the play, and they don't. And I think that's one thing that that's huge. The other, but, but the other thing with with Jesse is, you know, he he definitely has everything that is needed to be a true power for, forward. Yeah, I totally agree with you, hundred percent. Brian, stay on the line because I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to you with a couple of things. One of them might be unexpected to you. And, and I, I agree, and I see that not just in Oilers games, but sometimes players, you feel like, why didn't they get in there and finish the check? I do think we're seeing a, a generation of player who have been taught, you know, the respect thing, headshots, and I sometimes I'll think, why didn't he finish the check? And then I'll think to myself, I wonder if he was afraid the guy was going to turn at the last minute, and then he hits the numbers, and then he risks getting a penalty. I do think that happens sometimes. And that's not to you know defend anybody specifically because I see it in other games around the league. I, 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 I but the other point you made about finishing your checks, I think that's very relevant. I think that's going to be huge in the playoffs. And I and I know one thing you know people say it to me over and over again. Rob says it. You know Fernando has said it to me that when it comes to defending in the NHL, I mean I'm going to talk more about the play in the defensive end. Maybe you were talking more about forechecking, but you can't swoop. You can't fish for the puck. And I, like Fernando has said to me, you defending in the NHL is exhausting, but you have to be prepared to start and stop. You can't fish for the puck and hope you're going to go the other way. 
I, you know, I know McDavid and Dreisaitl, when, especially when the Oilers have fall behind, you know, they, they might get into that habit. So now I do think the Oilers have gotten better at it. And I do think McDavid and Dreisaitl have, have gotten a lot better at it, that they're understanding that play. But that's what I, that's what I would say to you. I, I think sometimes players don't hit because it's a, it's a different generation than who we watched when we were younger, where you could plow almost anybody and not get a penalty. And, but I do think in, in the playoffs, you got to see that, especially in your own end, if the puck's there, you got to stop on the puck and, and you got to engage the guy. You can't try to fish it out with your stick. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying so much plowing into him. I'm just saying, you know, just finish, you know, just take the guy out, ride him out. You don't have to hit him hard, but by, by, I see so many times that they'll go to do a stick check or a poke check with their, with their stick. And, and the guy, the, the, the player will go right past them. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and again, that's how things can change in playoff hockey. You can't ever let some slip like that. What? So, what do you what do you think overall? Are you you feel better? Or are you still wait and see about about getting about the team overall? The team overall. Uh, overall, I you know what? I'm quite happy actually. Uh, like as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, the game against Colorado. Yeah, they lost it, but you know what? Uh, hey. As far as I'm concerned, I'm taking it as a win. They they matched stride for stride. Uh, they outshot the number one team. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for Camp, Camper, as far as I'm concerned, won the game for Colorado. And uh, if this were the playoffs, and that was a lot like a playoff game as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, it's not three-on-three hockey. There's no shootout. That That game could have went to a second, maybe even a third overtime. All right, Brian, great to hear from you. Talk again soon, okay? Take care. I think that he makes a good point about a shootout in three-on-three overtime. I also think, for the most part, the Oilers have benefited from that being the tiebreaker in the NHL. You know, the game against St. Louis. uh, I mean, St. Louis, I think, would have loved if that kept going five-on-five. But Saturday, the Oilers probably would have loved if it would have kept going five-on-five. But that ties back to what I was saying earlier about the Pugliarvis of the world and that consistency five on five and being able to create a lot of dangerous chances and finish them. You might have to win a couple of games in overtime here, probably several if you want to go deep into the postseason. So those little details, if Pugliarvi and others can figure them out are really going to help. I got to call a timeout. Ron's up next on the certainty hotline. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. 7804960063 is our phone number to get on the good old fashioned radio. We got Ron from Red Deer checking in tonight. Hey Ron. Hey Reed, how you doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Um, so I got a uh, just a comment. I would love to see Mark Messe come in and speak to the boys about pounding the body. Now, my other com- question is. Since uh, Jay took over as, uh, as the head coach, have our hits per game gone up? The hits per game. I have not specifically checked that. I can look it up on the fly. Yeah, I've never actually checked the hits per game. I'll do that right now. Awesome. 
Uh, Kellen, what do we have? Uh, I've got a couple more texts here. Reed, uh, Reed, I think JP is overcoached. I think some of his play outcomes are only the symptoms of overcoaching. He has had any creative moves eliminated. That's from Roddy P. Hmm, interesting. I've never heard anybody suggest that before. So, like, if, if Roddy, if you're still listening, I'm wondering, do you mean that he's had simply too many coaches or that Woodcroft and Tippett, his most recent coaches, just were barraging him with too much information? That's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. Interesting point. Yeah, but if you're, if you're able to clarify, Roddy, that'd be cool. That's an interesting point there. He, I guess he has had a lot of coaches because he had McClellan, had Hitch. Yeah, he would be on his fourth coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, got one from Michael here, too. He says uh, when he coaches elite hockey, what we would call uh, those are flybys, and that's what Yessie does. He has a ton of ability. It's just getting him to use that ability, and a physical game uh, would be nice. Yeah, the flybys. That's that's fair. Yeah, obviously I've heard that before. Yeah, just you, you got to get in there, right? Um, and, and it can't just be with your stick. So now again, why is he? Why is he not there? Is he pulling up? Is he not reading the play? Is he hesitant to make a hit? I mean, some players are just naturally more aggressive than others. That's fair enough. And, and you know, again, I think we're. I'm presenting this in the context of how does he go from, you know, kind of a good player to a really good player or even an excellent player someday. And, and I, and look, I, I know some of the analytics people are going to, are, are going to say he's already an excellent player. I would disagree with that. If that would be the argument that they're presenting. And I understand some of the stats with goal differential when he's on the ice. I think he had a long stretch when you know, he was only on the ice for one goal against. I can't remember exactly what it, what it, what it was. I I get all that, but I also see some things where I think, oh man, I just I just wish he did that, or I wish that pass was a little sharper. We got one more here from Steve. Uh, he says, I think people are seeing Yessie not scoring, but not watching all the good things he is doing on the top line, such as keeping the plays alive in the ozone and defensively comes back to disrupt plays, taking pucks away. Uh, again, he says, thanks for the great show tonight, Reed, and he loves the Bison King. Yeah. No, that's, well, I think that's sort of the crux of what we're talking about, that there are some some fairly concrete indicators that good things happen when he's on the ice. And, and I, I acknowledge those. And, and again, I'm not saying this is black and white for me. I, I think he has improved. I think he has done some good things. I think the analytics are interesting and very positive. And I think that word disruptive is, is a good word. You know, I think he's, for the most part, taking care of his position. I, I just think I, I would like to see some more consistency in terms of making some other positive plays. Passing the puck, finishing shots, and uh, maybe being even harder on the forecheck when it comes to physicality. No, but that's a, that's a fair comment. I just think he and others are going to have to find another gear if the orders are going to be successful in the playoffs because it's all going to get it's going to get harder. It's going to get more rugged. It's going to get nastier. So they better be ready for it. And some of this thoroughness that I'm talking about is going to have to be there from Pugliarvi and others if they're if they're going to go deep this year. All right, appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got Gene coming up next inside sports on Chet.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.